Welcome to Tosa Talks, coming at you live from Birch and Beer Garden, next to Camp Bar in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. On tap today, three North Avenue breweries, their staff, and our superstar friends from Ray's Growler, serving beer since the beginning of time. Lots of good stories, lots of good beer. Now, let's talk. Happy spring, and, and glad to have you guys. Cool, so first off, I'd just like to kind of go down the panel and we'll, I think, maybe start over here. If everyone can kind of kind of uh, grab a microphone, Chris, if you could help her kind of with that. And, um, you know, we can kind of say who we are, uh, what we're wearing, uh, what, the, what the movie of the year might be. No, just kidding. Just kind of, you know, what brought you here today and uh, kind of how you got in, how you got into brewing. So uh, we'd love that. Um, I'm Jillian Carlson. I work for Stockhouse Brewery, um, living in Wisconsin. Got me into beer, so thanks for the state. Um, but Mark, the founder, co-founder of the brewery, got me into brewing. So yeah. thankful to Mahoney over there. Yeah, Mark Mahoney <laughs> over here. He's he's just going to ride this one out on the side, moral support. But uh, he is one of the uh, the founders of uh, Stockhouse Brewery, who uh, you know we have some support from here today. And then uh, next, next up, if uh, you can actually grab the mic and just kind of talk right into it, Chris. Tell them who you are, where you're from, and what kind of trouble you're in. I, I'm Wait, not, not that I'm not part. in any trouble that I'm aware of. Chris Volkman, I'm the founder of the Fermentorium, I'm currently in Cedarburg, uh, coming soon to Wauwatosa. Great, awesome. And then to my left. Hello, I'm Simon, uh, one of the three founders of Venture. There's also Jake and Rob who are holding down the fort right now. We are on 55th and North, opened about eight months ago. Uh, I, Wisconsin is also responsible for beer for me. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, moved here, moved here about 13 years ago, didn't drink a drop, and now I'm making it. So. Yeah, uh, Skull. Wait, no, that's not. No, go pack. Skull. Go. It's all wrong. Wait. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This podcast is over. Go pack. Okay, great. Thanks, Emma. And then uh, to the right of me, who do we have? All right. I'm Lisa Richter, and I work at Ray's Growler Gallery. Um, I've been bartending there for a little bit over a year, but I've been in the service industry for 17 years and working specifically with craft beer for a little over seven years. Um, I got into craft beer actually through my father, who gave me 21 craft beers for my 21st birthday. Drank them all very quickly and learned how to pace myself after that, and I've been loving craft beer ever since. Cool, very good. Well, thanks, thanks all for uh, sitting up here today. Uh, we have a couple other brewers in 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 the audience, and we may take a break halfway through. We're going to kind of feel it out, see see how we feel. But um, you know, to kick things off, uh, one of the things that I, I think is important to bring up, especially in 2019, is just you know, diversity and inclusion, and, and looking at how brewing has changed. Not only craft brewing is is, is bigger, macro brews are kind of kind of out out of out of focus right now. You know, people are much more interested in local breweries, like on the North Avenue corridor here. But we also have a very diverse uh, palette. So you know, obviously race, creed, color, stuff like that. But looking at gender too. Traditionally, beer is known as a uh, like a, a man's drink, right? But the fact of the matter is no way. I mean, looking at the Facebook demographics of who was interested in this particular event today, it was slightly tilted female. And if you look around, you'll see that's true, who came here today. So there's a, a heck of a lot of universal love for uh, arguably the best drink out there, which is beer. And uh, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about uh, the female experience uh, with, 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 with brewing and, and, and beer serving. So. Uh, Lisa here uh, has been, you know, part of the beer uh, business for for a while, seven years specifically, and right now serving over at Ray's Growler, which is by uh, Ray's Wine and Spirits, which you, you need to visit. And um, I, I would just love to hear your experience of, uh, you know, what it's like to be a female bartender with, uh, you know, craft beer in mind. Well, I think uh, definitely in the seven years I've been working with it, we've seen a lot more women. Um, drinking craft beer um, and participating in the community. Um, I think there's been a, a big change in general uh, towards everyone joining the community. Um, even I think of Ray's as such a community space and that people bring their families. Um, I've seen Jillian there with her mother. Um, we're sort of starting to see 
not just men interested in beer, but we're seeing um, kind of everyone joining in um, and enjoying it. Uh, it's definitely become a lot more comfortable as a woman in the beer scene, as uh, more women join us as well. Um, we see more female brewers and things like that. Um, and yeah, it's kind of uh, changed a lot uh, since I started at Roman seven years ago from just being kind of a man's drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, in terms of uh, not only the clientele that, that comes to raise, it's probably changed a little bit, but what have you noticed just being in the industry looking at um, the marketing? How has that changed since you were 21 and received 21 craft beers <laughs> for your birthday? Um, I guess in terms of the marketing, again, uh, we see the values have just sort of changed. Um, I mean, when you look at like a Miller or a Bud Ad, it often heads for like the girls with like the beers. Yeah. And, you know, it was very uh, targeted specifically at men. Uh, but as craft beer kind of takes over, we definitely see a switch towards more community values and sustainability and things that appeal to everyone, not just male drinkers. Um, I think that draws women in for sure as well. Um, I think there's been an effort uh, in the beginning, there were a lot of names sort of that were a little more offensive towards women that, uh, again, women can take a joke, but didn't necessarily uh, make everyone feel included. And I've known brewers are specifically moving away from that as well um, to try to include more people also, there, when I first started, I often would sort of get this feeling of a little bit of elitism in the craft beer scene where, you know, if someone came up to the bar and was like, I'll take the Blue Moon, and someone's like, we don't serve that here, we don't do that here. <laughs> um, whereas now you kind of can take that as a way to introduce someone to craft beer and be like, oh, hey, like, try a Hefeweizen or yeah. you've got something that you might enjoy. Um, that's it's a, similar. It's a, it's a that, gateway beverage. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. um, I think there's been a big <laughs> attitude shift towards... Uh, trying to welcome everyone with open arms. It's no longer, you know, not just people who know every single hop varietal and have a ton of knowledge on the product, but everyone that can kind of come in and enjoy and yeah. slowly get comfortable in the community. Great, great, great. Well, thank you, Lisa. And I'd, I'd like to hear from our other female panelists down here, kind of, you know, how it's how it's changed and how, you know, you're, well, you're actually you're actually brewing over at Stackhouse and, and how that's going. Yeah, I've definitely been uh, brewing there. Uh, I tell people about it and they're like, I'll take whatever beer you brewed. Like, we're there to try it. And there's like, especially our regulars are so, so amazing about that. They're like, I don't even care what it is. Just let me try what you did, which is really awesome. Um, especially not coming from the brewing world. But I think um, craft brewing is definitely more of a, like a social scene as well. You come into a brewery, you're talking to people, you're learning about the beers constantly. Um, where old beer used to just be take your sips back home and you'd sit on your lazy boy in your basement away from your no, family. No, so, no, if there is anything, <laughs> that is, <laughs> it, is, it is definitely a mark. But um, it's just become more of a social scene in the sense that you everybody can come out and you're not going to be turned away in the same sense that you may have felt discriminated against in the past, um, which is amazing. And it's a conversation piece. You are talking about, okay, well, I do like this beer. What makes me like it? So women are learning more and more about beer and people who don't aren't regular beer drinkers are learning more and more about beer every single day, which just helps in growing that community. Yeah. Which yeah. Is awesome. So, you know, we've looked at kind of how the demographics have, have changed and our tastes have changed over the last couple of years. And the, the biggest shift, not, not only, um, you know, looking at male, female or kind of slicing up, uh, things that way, but just looking at like what what the market craves. Like when you when you go to the store, it's not like oh should I get MGD or uh, should I get Bud? You know, I mean, there's a lot more going on with palates these days, and I'd, I'd love to hear from Chris and then Simon kind of what what your respective respective breweries are doing and uh, how the communities are are resonating. And um, yeah, I'd love love to hear from about that kind of kind of your process of brewing. Do you just build like six beers and uh, you know there's six recipes and that's it or, or do you change it up uh, no so the you know the name you know, fermentorium um, you know from the beginning you know is sort of a, a bastardized Latin of place of fermentation you know so we opened with the intent of you know not necessarily never doing the same beer twice as uh, you know stockhouse <laughs> is intending to do uh, but we intended on opening without a flagship and we do different seasonals and stuff um, but it was all about you know flavor exploration for us um, so you know we've got we try to have something for 
every palate by us. You know, we have a lot of sweeter beers, drier beers, you know, every end of the spectrum that we can try to hit, you know, we want to try to offer something in there. Um, we try a lot of different things with various hop profiles. Um, you know, we're always, you know, we have the ability to, uh, we start with RO water, so we'll mess with our water profiles to try to get different characteristics out of some of the ingredients. Um, going forward, you know, I'm pretty excited about opening here in Tosa. Um, I guess up in Cedarburg, we, we make a lot of beer. And one thing I don't like is old beer, so that makes it kind of hard to try to do a lot of experimental stuff. Um, so I think one of the things you can look forward to is us trying new things and you know being able to have it sold at both locations will help it stay fresh. You know, so um, yeah, Just okay. trying a lot of new things. Great. And uh, Simon, if kind of with the same question, if you can kind of talk about you know how. How that goes. Yeah, yeah. So for us at Venture, one of the core, well, Venture spelled with two ends, like a Venn diagram, and we also roast coffee. So we're a coffee shop, and we're a brewery, or a coffee roastery and a brewery. Uh, so that opens us up to a lot of things. And our, our it's uh, <clears throat> the way that we explain it, it's coffee, beer, and community, because both of those are communal beverages, right? right. Your friend comes into town. Uh, you go and meet them for coffee, or you know, uh, your people at work want to go go and hang out. Well, you you go out for a beer. <clears throat> so the idea is that we're creating a communal space, and if you're creating a communal space, you have to have a wide variety of things because you have to not necessarily cater to everyone, but there needs to be something there for people to drink, right? If we had all IPAs. Well, then all of a sudden it becomes a very difficult thing to tell somebody who, in their mind, and even though they're not used to maybe some of the newer IPAs, but in their mind they're saying, well, I don't like IPAs, what else do you have? Um, so we, we tried to build our tap list based off of um, kind of something that would fit uh, the neighborhood or that would fit any palate walking through that door. So if someone walks in and they're used to drinking wine, we can find something for you. If, you're, if you come in and you're used to drinking Spotted Cow, I can find something for you. So we have two dark beers, we have two saisons, two sours, two IPAs, and then two others. So that allows us to really hit a very wide spectrum um, for anybody who's walking through that door. I'm pretty confident that I can find a beer for anyone who, who has somewhat of an open mind to beer. Um, and if they aren't able to find a beer, then we also have a wide list of coffee beverages that people can, can have or tea. Um, so for us, it's a big deal to have our space available to people and then our beer and our coffee to reflect that space. Uh, because really our, our, our daily grind and the people who are there constantly or who are our regulars you know they want to they want to try something new and try something different and within those that variety of styles or colors or things you know we we can it gives us the freedom to experiment but it also gives them the freedom to try things uh, so that's kind of how we address that um, diversity in craft beer very cool so you all have extraordinary stories absolutely you know um, not only from uh, where, where you started, but where you are now. And it's, it's nice that us as beverage <coughs> drinkers have been able to kind of enjoy the ride and, and have fun and have all this variety thrown at us. But my, one, of, one of my big questions, and I bet a, a lot of questions of people here, is why did you, why did you choose to open a brewery in um, Wauwatosa? And why did you choose to open along what, you know, I think we're starting to call the North Avenue Corridor? Um, I guess um, I'm, I'm going to throw it back to Chris for this. Okay. Uh, and first, if, if you can, I, I know I'm actually a native Cedarburger. I'm adopted here around, around um, adopted Tosin, but um, I, I, I know why, why you're on the panel. Can you, can you explain a little bit like what, what Wauwatosa has in store and then why you chose Wauwatosa for, for your secondary location? Sure. So uh, from the beginning of uh, the fermentorium concept, you know, I've wanted to do sour beers. Mixed fermentation sour beers are one of my favorite styles, and, and I've always wanted to do one. 
Um, so you know, once we open in Cedarburg and we're doing stuff up there, you know, we've got we got room. If you've been up there, there's a lot of space. But you know, mixed fermentations a it's a scary thing. You don't want bacteria in your clean beers, and you know you can wreck a lot of things that way. So I about a year in started looking for potential second locations. Um, the intent was not necessarily for a second tasting room as much as it was maybe warehouse space, you know, to, to start doing these sour beers. Um, and I was looking everywhere from, you know, West Bend to Waukesha to Kenosha. And the once the uh, Bartz's location um, opened up, you know, I was approached about possibly opening there. And, you know, when I first came and looked at the space, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, this could... This could work, you know, I can kind of see where we could put some tanks and stuff in here, but, you know, do I want to be, you know, right in the middle of, you know, a community? And, you know, again, the tap room was kind of a secondary thought. And, you know, it, I went back and like, this doesn't make any sense, this isn't gonna work. And, um, you know, I, I thought about it and, you know, I started talking to people that I know, you know, here in, in Wauwatosa, you know, I'm not from Wauwatosa, but, um, you know, I have a lot of friends in the area, and I'm like, hey, you know, I was thinking about maybe opening a second location here, and, um, you know, opening maybe a small tap room, and, you know, everybody was like, yes, absolutely, you, you need to do that, and the more, you know, I started to learn about, you know, Wauwatosa, and the people, and the business community here, the more it started to look like Cedarburg to me, you know, it where does. you have um, a lot of individuals that are actually engaged in their communities, engaged in their schools, um, you know, a small business community that works together and isn't a, you know, big box store, you know, kind of place. And, you know, the more, like, I just dug into it, the more I kind of fell in love with the area. I'm like, you know, holy shit, this could, this actually makes more sense than, than I, not, not even more sense than I thought, but just, it just makes sense. Um, you know, so then, from there, you know, I started to kind of refine the vision a little bit of not necessarily just a warehouse full of barrels, but, you know, what is this integrated experience where we can bring, you know, our beers that, you know, clean beers that we're brewing, you know, up in Cedarburg down here, but then also introduce this completely new portfolio of, you know, Brett beers and wood-aged beers and mixed fermentation without the, uh, I guess, threat of cross-contamination. And then also, you know, be integrated in a community that actually gives a shit about itself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you know, being a native Cedarburger, it's a little more conservative, you know, a little more little more to the right over there, a little more to the left over here, but definitely uh, mixed. It's very tight. Uh, you know, we have some representatives from uh, the Chamber, Neighborhood Associations, um, other organizations that are Milwaukee-based, so it's very integrated uh, community in, in terms of uh, inclusion and Kind of giving a shit, as you said. Uh, it's a podcast; we can say that. Um, but um, yeah, it's a it's a nice community. We're glad to have you all here, and uh, everyone everyone's playing nice, right? Oh, right. yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Sure. I hope so. <laughs> um, no, it's great though. It just it makes North Avenue a destination. It makes Wauwatosa more of a destination. So you know, from uh, the tourism bureaus to the community and small business, it it really helps everyone thrive. So a question that I have um, for everybody in terms of their systems, Chris really got me thinking, okay, you know, we have this type of tank system for this and that and what have you. Uh, how do you guys all make it happen? Uh, like where, where do you brew your beer and, 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 and what's your system like and what, what may it look like in, in a couple of years? Um, I know you don't got a mic, but would you mind jumping on? Yeah, of course. Okay, so we have Mark, one of the, the founders of uh, Stockhouse, Stockhouse Brewery here, and uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about his system, um, and, you know, being a, a head brewer there. So, Mark, really appreciate you jumping in. Sure. So, uh, thanks, everyone. I think for us, I've been in the neighborhood 12 years now. So, my wife and I bought our house on 80th and Center 12 years ago. If you would have asked me 15 years ago, I'd own a business on the street, I would have told you you were crazy. There were Shepherds and Walters and nothing else. And in the last five years, it's really morphed into something that's community-based, local-based, and the people care about it a lot, right? So for us, we want to be the neighborhood brewery. And, and our system truly represents something that is not only neighborhood-esque, but very historical. 
So every time you come in, you're going to have something new. And, you know, the point for us is to understand our system. We have a, what's considered in the home brewing world, a brew in the bag system. It's a two barrel system, which nets us four half barrels per batch. And I think for us to keep up with things, you know, we're brewing a lot. We might contract in the future as things get bigger, but for us, we want people to come in and we've already seen in four months and I know Simon will attest to it and, and Chris will certainly see it very soon. 50 to 75% of my business is from people that walk up to the brewery. And I think the newest and coolest stretch, honestly, in Milwaukee County is from Rays to the West and Venture to the East. Everything in between is pretty much gravy. And it, I can assure you during the summertime, this is gonna be a very hot spot. So we're in a great time to do it. The craft beer community is great. There's still room for growth. And for us, it's truly being that neighborhood guy where when you come in on Wednesday and have a beer and watch a Brewers game, by Sunday you come in and watch a Packers game, boom, you got three new beers on tap. Uh, and you'll never try those beers again. So for us, it's, it's really being the neighborhood guys, just like it was you know, back 150, 175 years ago. It's amazing. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. Um, Lisa, so you guys don't brew any beer. No, we do not. But but I did. I was I was I was there with my partner the other day, and we had actually you were one of the. Uh, I was bartending. Yeah, there. thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, I I did notice you had some slushy machines going on. We do. Um, so we, um, as Simon kind of mentioned, uh, really strive to be a community space that has something for everyone. Um, and we do focus on craft beer and fine whiskey, but um, we want to have something for anyone who comes in. So we make uh, boozy slushies, um, and they are delicious. Uh, yes, they're so <laughs> boozy, actually. Sometimes limited, they, limited time? Or? No, always. Okay. Um, so we have four slushy machines. We always have four different flavors. Um, sometimes they're a little deceptive in terms of the alcohol. Someone thinks they're getting a little softer of a drink, um, but we tell people they drink like a devil. Okay. Um, our little okay. joke is one is not enough, two is too many, Okay. Three is just right. <laughs> um, uh, but right now I think we have on uh, an old-fashioned one, which is a twist on the classic cocktail. Um, we have one that's a kind of twist on a white Russian, uh, which will probably be going away soon for the nice weather. So, Paddy's yes, the Paloma. Um, Patty's Paloma, named after uh, uh, one of our <laughs> best bartenders, Pat Jansen. Um, so that one's tequila grapefruit drink. Uh, and I think right now we still have, oh, a whiskey lemonade. Um, so if you're more of a cocktail person, uh, we have that for you. Okay. Um, but we just really want to have a lot to offer everybody. And again, kind of uh, as everyone at the table has been saying, we want to be a community space for everyone in Wauwatosa. I think people here are really open to trying new things. Um, I think a lot of people in Wauwatosa live here because of the proximity to the city where you can... Uh, get a really diverse cultural experience and they kind of want that here too. And so as more craft breweries and bars and things open up, um, I think there'll be kind of something for everyone. And uh, you were even Agreed. saying about like playing nice before I was like, we can because there's a lot of demand for all kinds of things like this. Mm -hmm. uh, there's definitely yeah. enough people interested in going to all of our different businesses and running up and down North Avenue. So. Yeah, and I appreciate you all coming here today. So um, yeah, just if uh, Simon, if you could talk a, a bit about Venture System, and uh, I actually all of these establishments, I am, you know, aiming to be a regular. I have to balance my time between work, play, and my family, who just ran across the uh, <laughs> wood floor there. That was two of my kids. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I I definitely just due to proximity, probably spend the most time at, at Venture, and uh, just really appreciate what you guys do, both on the coffee front and. Uh, um, and on the beer, but uh, I've, you're welcome. I've never seen your, your tanks. Where are those bad boys? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Venture, when we were looking at spaces, we actually looked at uh, probably three or four spaces before we landed on the space that uh, we're at now, which is on North Avenue, 55th and North, uh, in the Washington Heights neighborhood. So we're we're not in Tosa, we're Tosa Light, or we're, we're Milwaukee West, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Depends on if you're from Brookfield or not. If you're from Brookfield, we're in Tosa, so uh, whatever. Uh, but if you're from Milwaukee, we're Milwaukee. Uh, 
we, 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 can, we can be everything to everyone. It's not true. You're, anyway, your system, your system. Yeah, yeah, so our system. Um, when we found our building, it was a foreclosed property that uh, the owner had purchased. We had um, a lot of, uh, when we first walked through it, it was split into three different spaces. Okay. Uh, there was a hair braiding space. There was a space that used to be used as a um, funeral planning service. And then there was a back space that I don't actually know what happened there, but there was a dartboard and a weightlifting bench. So <laughs> whatever. Um, so we actually ended up using that back space. And we, we, when we were talking to the, uh, to the owner of the building, we said, well, can we actually take the whole thing and the basement? Uh, so we have in our space, and it doesn't look like it, but we have somewhere around seventy-five to 8,000 uh, square feet in our building, sizable. which is sizable. Um, so our cooler is right underneath. If you're ever sitting in the front corner right by the garage doors and your seat starts to vibrate, that's the, uh, that's the cooler turning on, um, which would be right underneath you. And then in the back... Um, we had to do a lot of modifications and uh, demolition ourselves, save save a little bit of coin and, and uh, oh, yeah. you know get some get some calluses on our hands. Uh, but we cut out half of the floor in the back, and in the back it's it's roughly 20, 20 feet by forty feet or so, uh, and then we cut out half of the floor. And if you go on our Instagram story, you can actually see our tanks being installed. There's a there's a little. Uh, Thing that we that we uh, from our story from that day where you can you can kind of see where our space is and and uh, how we got the tanks in which was a challenge yeah um, so we have a five barrel system it's it's a really interesting system that we've had to learn how to use it was delivered and there is no there was no manual there still is no manual and we're continuing to figure out different ways to tweak it and, and make it run better we have four tanks right now, uh, four fermentation tanks, and then uh, we have we just purchased two more. Congrats! Um, thanks, uh, because we're uh, running out of beer. People are drinking it all, <laughs> which is great. Um, yeah, so uh, the the brewing space is in the basement. So we cut out half the floor, moved the stairs to the back, put in the brewery, uh, and then the the roaster is up top. So they they share similar spaces. Okay. Uh, and then underneath the garage, we have our barrel fermentation space. So that's where we're doing some sours. We have a couple of uh, barrel-aged stouts that are sitting in there right now. Um, and some other fun, fun nuggets that we'll eventually pull out. But we have, we have a, a little bit more space to expand. But for right now, I mean, we're planning on being a taproom-specific space and we we do put some things out into the market but the majority of our stuff is going out of our tap room so uh yeah if we do expand it's going to be horizontally we want to still see um community involvement so if we're going to do anything else we're going to we're going to find another community that we fall in love with and then open something there perfect well thanks uh, i think we're going to take a, a short break probably about 15 20 minutes when we come back we'll we'll talk a little bit more about community uh, some social media some events coming up and then uh, a good uh, a good story from each of you so uh, appreciate it take a break get some drinks and uh, chat soon Part two. All right, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. Keep listening. It gets even better. All right, all right, all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ethan. Okay, we're back for the second part of our production here at Tosa Talks at uh, Lovely Birch next to Camp Bar in Wauwatosa. And uh, first part of the panel, we talked about a couple things. Second part, we're going to talk about a couple other things. Secret surprise, our uh, musician of the night actually brews cider. So we'll, uh, we'll get to that in a, in a little bit. I love wine. <laughs> first off, though, I'd like to introduce some of the, uh, the new people we have on our panel up here, uh, both from uh, Stockhouse and then one from Ray's. 
If you guys wouldn't mind taking the microphone and speaking right into it, just saying who you are, and uh, we'll start over. We'll start over here, Paul. We'll start over here, and uh, and go. I'm uh, Jason Pankowski, one of the uh, brewers over at Sockhouse Brewing. Okay, easy, painless. You? <laughs> yeah, and I'm Paul Hepp. I'm uh, one of the co-founders, and I'm in charge of the events and a lot of the social media. Awesome. I can't wait to hear more about social from all you guys. And then right next to me, who do we have? Hey, I'm Rob Zellermeyer. I'm also from Rays. Okay, excellent. What do you What do you do at Rays? I guess I'm the uh, the ringleader of all the things going on at Growly Gallery. Awesome. It's so cool to hear. So um, thanks a lot for uh, stepping up, guys. And uh, so you're a brewer, you're a co-founder. Do you brew at all, Paul? I'm the assistant to the assistant brewer. Okay. <laughs> the assistant to the assistant brewer. I get it. So a friend of mine's uh, here tonight. I, we both kind of helped each other brew our first batch of beer. And it was basically my second last. Now he's, he's been a brewer for years. So I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Basically, you know, it's not always for everybody, uh, hands on, but it sure is good to drink beer. Yeah, and I'm the official taste tester, so I think that kind of wins out. <laughs> exactly, I'm, exactly. So, um, good, so so Paul, you mentioned uh, you do social social media for, for your brewery, so why why does that matter, and what, what do you do? Well, I think that, you know, it's pretty obvious that we live in a digital world today, and a lot of people, you know, they incorporate the social media into their everyday lives. So, you know, we don't want to do overkill kind of stuff, but we want to make sure that you know, like we're Like those venture guys. Who do you think and I got? girls. Uh, they, have, they have photography backgrounds. Right. And so, you know what, you want to have a mix of things. You know, you want to do things on, you know, Facebook and Twitter and, Twitter and, and Instagram. But uh, like I say, you don't want to be overkill yet. You want to be relevant. You want to make sure people are updated. And people like to interact with those kind of things, too. And plus, a lot, you get a lot of feedback that way. And you kind of learn how to, you know, keep things or adjust as you go. Cool. And uh, right here next to me, how do you, how do you guys use uh, use social media? Social media at a tremendous level, actually. Uh, it's incredibly necessary to uh, basically get the word out to build a culture around not only our brand but around beer itself. Uh, craft beer is about telling a story, and social media right now is the most relevant way, as Paul said, to get that story out. Very good. And uh, Simon, how do you guys use social adventure? Uh, we never actually opened, so what? <laughs> Fire festival. Wow. So yeah, fire festival. Yeah. So we we actually never opened or announced our opening. Um, we opened on a random Tuesday, and that night we had a packed bar, and we never told anyone that we were actually opening. Sister. Um, so uh, we we use social media a ton. Uh, the three of us, me, Jake, Rob. Um, all have photography backgrounds, uh, have run our own businesses uh, together and, and uh, separately uh, for, for quite a while. And social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, were our main vehicles to do that. Uh, while we were doing the build out, while we were in the process of, of creating uh, Venture, we invited a lot of people through social media to travel with us. Um, so we, we, by the time we opened, I think we had, uh, I think we had 1,500 Instagram followers and somewhere around 2,000 to 2,500 Facebook likes uh, before we, before anyone tried our beer. Yeah. Um, so we get, uh, some of our friends would just, just say, oh, Venture, you're a lifestyle brand. So it wasn't, it wasn't so much beer, we were a lifestyle brand or coffee. Um, but uh, we use we use social media to do a ton of things. Uh, we we host a ton of events and um, use Facebook to promote those. I think the first time we did, uh, we invited one of our um, now friends, Press Waffles, yep. to our space. And the first time we did that event, we had over forty thousand views on that event, which is, as far as Facebook goes, is. Insane. It's very uh, yeah, it yeah. scared all of us. <laughs> what happens? What happens if one third of those show up? Right. Uh, well, yeah. Well, they, then there's a line around the block. But uh, social media is huge for us. Whenever we release a beer, whenever we're doing something new or interesting, whenever we're just messing around and and uh, doing things, we're inviting people into our lives, into the life of the brewery, and everyone's interested in that. 
uh, because we're also interested in the community. That's awesome. So, um, Chris, kind of same question. So you guys, I don't know if you guys do it all hands-on. I guess a follow-up question from the beginning should have been, um, well, maybe it still fits. So basically, you know, Paul, you kind of focus on things other than the brewing for the most part and taste testing. And then uh, we have, uh, you know, you're not brewing, but you're supporting beer and the culture and basically lifeblood of, uh, you know, Wauwatosa beverages for, for, for many, many a year. I remember just kind of a personal aside. So my, my grandma grew up, or um, when, when I was growing up, my grandma lived on 101st. And uh, I, I would spend summers there and, you know, many a day, many afternoon and things like that. And um, you know, I'd, I'd go to local places around town uh, with, my, with my parents, and it wasn't until I was maybe like 24, 25, and I walked into Ray's, I was like, wait a minute, I know this place. I know this place well. <laughs> did you get a pencil? I did, <laughs> exactly. And I remembered, hey, you know what, I guess my dad took me there when I was a kid. But it's always been a, a, part, of, um, you know, a part of the community, and it's, it's good to have you guys. But one of the things that you know I wanted wanted to, to know about in addition to social media is how do you how do you balance your focus uh, and maybe if I can throw it back to you Simon how do you balance your focus especially because your photographic um, backgrounds you know creative backgrounds how do you focus your your balance between like hey we're going to promote and then we're going to produce because <laughs> you know being a business owner that that's kind of tough the social is fun but I mean you need business results so where do you yeah. find that sweet spot. Yeah, I mean, both, both of those are difficult to balance. Um, I think some of that, uh, it, it's chicken and egg kind of thing, right? Yeah. So if you, have, if you have a good social following, uh, you can create, you know, you can create, not create demand for your product, but you can help uh, advertise that. Um, but if you have a good product, then that helps you on the social side. Right. So, so it's kind of kind of a both and. But um, balancing that right now, it's the three of us. It's it's Jake, Rob, Rob, and I, uh, basically doing everything. So from uh, running the bar, roasting coffee, brewing beer, doing social, uh, and all three of us do that. What are your hours? Uh, 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. seven days a week. Three guys. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's it's a lot. Tip your bartender. It's a, please, please. <laughs> My wife yeah. knows Jake because she comes in for coffee in the yeah. morning, and I come know know you guys for beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That so it's I mean it's it's a lot. It's a lot. But um, in order to in order to create rapport and to start to understand who your clientele is and for them to understand who you are and how you run your business um, is, is super important. And I think that drives business. Um, being able to balance that with production is sometimes sometimes tedious and, and, and tiring, but it's important. Um, and you know, at some point we'll have someone else behind the bar. But, um, but that will create, you know, we've already created a culture that people are used to experiencing, right? Agreed. So so we've had a chance to create that culture. Now when we find somebody who is also passionate about beer and coffee, we can plug them in and it's not gonna skip a beat. We can still have our voice via social media, via us being around. Because um, I mean, if somebody's behind the bar that's not us, you can probably bet your bottom dollar that we're doing something else in the brew house or um, business-wise, so. Right, yeah, and uh, we, we don't have enough time to go into scalability and startups and all that fun business, uh, capitalist type stuff. I really want to focus on toast and the beer, but uh, great comments and maybe maybe a you know, follow-up panel at, a, at another time, um, or maybe maybe just another podcast. But um, same, same general question, same general area for you, Chris, and basically, how, how do you balance, and I'm going to add a third thing just to make it more fun. Okay. How do you balance social media? How do you balance social media in the business? And then how do you balance creativity? Because I see you have beautiful art on your cans, on your uh, the chalkboard in, in, in Cedarburg, and I, I don't know if you're going to emulate that here on North Avenue. But uh, there's a lot of processing that goes into what you do. And how, how do you balance it all? And how do you think you'll balance it all? It's truly awful. 
Um, <laughs> where? <laughs> no, so, you know, up until fairly recently, um, a lot of that was just me all the time and wherever I could find a minute to do it. Um, you know, we, we're pretty active on, on Facebook. We always have been. Um, Twitter, yeah, not so much. Um, un, uh, Untapped, not so much. Snapchat, not so much. Instagram, yeah, you know, I, 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 can, I can take a pretty photo occasionally. Um, but yeah, it is trying to find that balance. You know, recently we, we hired somebody, uh, Jennifer Andreas, who um, has taken over a lot of our marketing and outreach, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I, I didn't have that balance anymore. And unfortunately what was happening is I was spending probably too much time um, on marketing and Facebook and, you know, we're working on a new website and, oh, uh, we're opening a second location and, um, oh, and I'm also the guy that does all the ordering, um, you know, for brewing, you know, so I'm running the you know, production operations, um, you know, so sometimes like, oh, that's great, you know, we managed to get a, a, a Facebook post out a day before our anniversary party, hope somebody sees yeah, it and shows up, um, oh, and I forgot to order cans and I forgot to order grain and oops I accidentally ordered an entire skid of caramel 10 so we'll have, we'll have that for, if you need any caramel 10 I do I do yeah, let me, let me we'll take some yeah I've got I've got an entire skid community um, so yeah, the balance um, yeah it's 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 challenging you know and you kind of need to be able to figure out when to switch hats and you know also Employees like to get paid, I guess. So I try to I try to do payroll on time, and you know the government likes getting paid. So I try to file taxes on time, and all of that other stuff. So um, now I'm we're starting to, to delegate a little more, especially with the second location opening up. Um, you know that's I'm trying to get a lot of that stuff off of my plate so I can get back to doing more production stuff. I mean, my love is the beer. You know, I didn't get into this to become an accountant. Otherwise, I could have been a better paid accountant. Right. Right. Um, you know, so, so yeah, it's it's really just trying to delegate some of those things and focus on the things that I'm good at and that I, I want to do. Awesome. So, there's no question that everybody up here, myself included, loves beer. Uh, I would like to focus a little bit more um, on one last question, and that's on the community that we're in, where Birch is, where all you guys are along North Avenue corridor, you know, some some a little outside of Tosa, but basically culturally Tosa. And um, the the last thing I'd like everybody to kind of talk about is just one one quick story, a couple minutes, a story that maybe you've told before. Okay, so if you could tell one story again, Tosa, tell one story again. Uh, I would appreciate it. The audience may appreciate it, and. Um, Hopefully you'll appreciate telling us and sharing with us here tonight. And then we're gonna go through and we're gonna plug what we're up to, what we're doing, and hell, anything else until they kick us out. (laughs) Um, But Paul, if I can start with you, uh, if you could tell one story again, something based on Tosa, like why, you know, something like Mark said, like why you picked the spot you did, or or, um, you know, something that resonates with you and your brewery, your business, here along North Avenue in Montosa. Yeah, and I, I think from, from my perspective, it's not so much since we've opened, but even before. When we announced that we're gonna come down into East Tosa and be on North Avenue, the number of people that just were excited that we were coming to the area, and the, the comment that I think I got probably more than anything was how people of Tosa are so loyal to Tosa businesses. And I know there's a few business owners in the crowd tonight, and they can attest that as well. And that just really, you know, sparked us right from the beginning. We knew that, hey, if we give a good product, a good experience, we're going to have regular customers. And that's been true ever since. Awesome. That's perfect. For you, sir. My story would be a personal one, I guess, is why I chose to come to Ray's and work in Tulsa. Um, yeah. My wife and I have lived here for almost 15 years now. And frankly, I like the anim- anonymity of working in Bayview for years. I didn't see my neighbors at the bar. I didn't see the parents of my kids' friends. I kind of had my separate life, bartender life and uh, dad and husband life. So when this opportunity came up, I thought I couldn't look away from the opportunity to put my effort where my mouth had been for years and saying, Tulsa didn't have a craft beer scene that made me proud to live here. Uh, I had to leave my own neighborhood to go enjoy beer. And so, 
it would have been foolish of me not to take this opportunity. And with that said, Tosa has offered me so much more than I would have imagined. The palette is collectively a lot different, 15 minutes west of what I found in Bayview, but uh, it's it's ranging up, uh, the scaling up big time, and uh, they're ready for all you guys, especially with uh, some of those sours coming about. But, uh, you know, the, Tosa had a lot more than I ever gave it credit for as far as the uh, craft beer consumption was available. That was a that was a spot on Tosa story now, because we haven't heard enough from you. And I know you're a good storyteller. <laughs> I'm gonna throw one more at you. Tell us something about about Ray's that we need to know. Story-wise. Story-wise, man. What's um, good? I, you know, it's funny, when we, Lisa and I talked about this evening, we debated on what stories would be appropriate to share. Uh, <laughs> any of the good ones wouldn't be. Um, not true. <laughs> you know, I guess any story has to start specifically talking about. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, uh, you know, just maybe to help you out. Walk uh, Finter? What the oh, heck was yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go, a, but. That's a good one, actually. Walk Finter, we did actually just a month ago, this past Sunday. Um, it started out with my weekly coffee with my buddy Pat at Venture on a Monday morning. He told me for years he wanted to do this stupid neighborhood block party called Wuck Finter. Uh, if you haven't figured it out yet, uh, flip the first letter of the two words and you'll figure out what the spirit of Wuck Finter is. And you said it's a podcast, it's all love. <laughs> That's true. And um, he told me this. He said, I'm never going to do it. And I said, can I steal it from you? And gave me Carbonche. And Wuck Finter to me uh, was an attitude and personality that was uh, in the spirit of one of our favorite Crabberies in the Midwest, and that's Three Floyds. And so we threw a good party in 40 to 50 mile an hour winds, 30 degrees. It was cold. And, <laughs> it was cold. And we thankfully had a thousand friends that showed up to uh, Wuck Fincher all day long. And it's, it's so good that Three Floyds was uh, really happy to tell us they want to walk it up again next year, next February. Walk it up. Very good. Cool. Um, Proud of you guys, because it was cold. I mean, I had full intention of being there, and I'm like, yeah, maybe next year. In all honesty, I was disappointed in myself because my boss showed up in shorts, and I debated about it, and I, he kind of made me look bad. Oh, man. Well, you'll get him next year. Um, so, again, back on track with uh, tell, tell One Story again for Tosa. And I know technically you're in the neighborhood that I'm at, which is Washington Heights, but culturally we're, you know, we're included. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... Um, this, this whole North Avenue space is very different than a lot of the other communities in town. And I like that a lot. Uh, one of the stories that comes to my mind, and um, over the eight months that we've been open, we've had a chance to really get to know a lot of our community members, a lot of our neighbors, people who walk to our brewery. Uh, one in particular is a family that lives basically kitty corner from our from our space and uh, St. Patty's Day, uh, they were hanging out. And we get a lot of families. We get a ton of families, especially during the day. Um, Saturdays, Sundays, we get a lot of families. Lots of kids running around and uh, it's, it's awesome. Um, but this family was there, St. Patty's Day. Well, it was the Saturday before St. Patty's Day, which was I was gonna say, I was there on St. Patty's yeah, Day. Yeah, I remember that. Saturday before St. Patty's Day. <laughs> okay. um, but we had, we had um, so this, this story is kind of twofold. One, uh, one of the um, main instructors of the um, Irish School of Music lives in our neighborhood. Uh, and they didn't have anywhere to actually like play in the neighborhood, just in general. There's what's called in, in Irish, music tradition, it's called a trad session, right? So uh, you basically set up in a corner of a bar, a bunch of musicians come by and start playing. So it's not, it's not a performance, it's not, it's just a part of culture. Uh, so, which is, that's actually happening at our place tonight. Amazing. Uh, but we invited them to come and play this Saturday before St. Patty's Day. This family was there, and they were there for probably four hours. Uh, they, they had some food, they brought their own food, they had some drinks, kids had some, uh, some mochas and chocolate milk and a bunch of other things. Uh, but at, at the end when they were, when they were cashing out and, and uh, the, the dad looked at me and he said, thank you. 
He said, this, a year ago, was a dead street. There was nothing here, and we weren't doing anything. He's like, now I can walk less than a block with my kids and my wife, have an amazing time, make memories, and then walk home. Um, it's just really cool to be able to be a place that, yeah, we create beer, and yeah, we roast coffee, but more than that, we're actually making an impact in the community, Great. which is way more than, I mean, we expected it, but we didn't know to what level that would actually like happen or to what that would mean to those people who are in that community. All of a sudden, they have a space to call their own. They have a space to be proud of. Um, they have something to stand behind and to be behind. And I know that Tosa is very similar to that. Um, Washington Heights and the Andaris Park and uh, all of these neighborhoods that are right around us have a very similar thing, a, very, a sense of community and a sense of ownership over what, where they're at and what they believe in. And um, I feel like we had a chance to create something that embodied the, the lifeblood and the ideas of Washington Heights, which is community and diversity and people. Um, and we were able to do that. And that really is, is cool to see as a business owner because that means that those people are going to be back time and time and time again. And it means more to them than just the beer that we're putting out. Yeah. Um, so it, it's cool to see that. It's cool to see our hard work and our uh, sleepless nights and our sweat equity and, and um, actual equity. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> go, go, to a, go to a cause that, that, that really is cool. Yeah, it's great. It's great to have you, uh, Chris. I know. I know you're you're from uh, uh, Netherlands, not exactly Tosa specifically, but you chose here. You're going to be here. Maybe even talk about the uh, the actual particular process of you know, like how the business community and in Tosa welcomed you, or have there been challenges? Or yeah, it's uh, completely unfair for me to have to follow Simon's story because it was, <laughs> yeah, it, was it was it was it's wonderful an and. Sorry, I'm really, kinda, I'm really kind of screwed here. Um, yeah, yeah. Our our Tosa story hasn't been written yet. I mean, other than you know, now that you know, I've been coming down here. I've been smashing Walter's burgers and uh, Cranky L's donuts into my face every opportunity that I can get. Yeah, you look good. Yeah, you look good. Well, I feel good. Um, it's uh, you know, so like I said, our, our story isn't written yet. But uh, you know, one of the you know, similar similar to that, you know, I'm a I'm a pragmatic guy. You know, I came from software development, and um, you know, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. And when I started the brewery, that was you know, I wanted to make a, a creative change, and I wanted to you know bring you know good and new beers to people. And what honestly, I, I feel like I I overlooked or maybe missed in the entire thing, not necessarily the community, but just how you know how that community, you know the individual stories, you know, and so one of my, one of my favorite stories that I, I like to tell that was, you know, an, an unintended co consequence of us opening in Cedarburg is, you know, we've had people get married in our brewery, which is, to me is unexpected. Unexpected. Yeah. Yoga. And, you know, one of my, one of my favorite moments, um, I think it was our, our first Christmas that we were open. Um, somebody came in, you know, dressed as, as Santa Claus. I, I think he's one of our regulars. Uh, comes in dressed as Santa Claus, and I, th I think um, he doesn't always come in dressed as, as Santa Claus. But um, and you know we get a lot of families, uh, you know, by us as well. And um, you know we had you know some couches and stuff in the in the tasting room, and um, a, a young, you know, m you know less than one year old child was sitting on random Santa's lap. Just in tears, just having, just like terrified, and you know, I, 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 I like stopped, and you know, it, uh, of all of the stuff, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in the books and I'm in the recipes and I'm thinking about all these, you know, other things, and I just stopped and I'm like, this child is having their first terrifying Santa experience, <laughs> first hashtag Santa cry in, in this in this environment that I've created, like you know, that's not anything that I ever would have contemplated or thought about and here's this child like you know hopefully scarred forever by this, <laughs> by this, uh, this Santa experience and uh, that was just, like I just had to stop and like that is so cool. 
Well, that, that, that's incredible. And then to, to pass it to you, you were saying that your wife goes to adventure for, 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 for coffee. coffee, and then you go for beer, but yeah. you know, what's, what, what keeps you staying around Wauwatosa? Well, I mean, again, kind of bridging from, from Simon to yeah. myself, is I, I live a half block that way. I mean, what half block west? He's pointing west. Exact address. But no, I mean, this is my neighborhood. My wife and I moved in in 1999. Okay, I moved from 55th and Lloyd to 67th and North. I mean, this is my neighborhood. This is where I've been for the last 23 years of my life. This is where I belong, and. To see the neighborhood grow, to see things go from where we're seeing now where I could buy vitamins mm-hmm. and right next door I could get my lawnmower fixed, to actually a community where I can go with my wife and friends and hang out and enjoy the time. Um, this is this is my neighborhood. This is where I love everything about this. You know, I, I love Wauwatosa. I love where I'm at. I love being a part of something that somebody can come to and tell their story. Um, I love being able to brew beer at a place where people can come in and say, hey, we just came from Venture. Hey, when's Fermentorium opening? Right. I don't yeah. know. Right. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to get to that. that being said, I, mean, I, I love this. That, that is the first right. time I've been asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. Uh, but no, I mean, this is, I love being a part of the neighborhood. I love seeing what's, what's happened here since 1999 when I moved in. Um, this is a great community. It's a great thing to be a part of. And um, this neighborhood's been longing for a great neighborhood bar for a long time. And now to have three breweries that you can basically walk to. Right. It's huge for this neighborhood. Huge. And again, as someone who's been here since 99, I can say that as someone who's been wanting that since 99, I'm glad to be a part of it. So. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Very, very soulful, all of you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, Tosa on, on the whole over the last couple of years, I mean, looking at the village, how that's expanded, you know, the Mayfair collection, and then kind of the halo effects of Washington Heights and Harris Park, all, all these other areas. Really, a uh, really nice place to be in the world, so glad to be part of it and glad to uh, host the Tosa Talks and have you here tonight. So, one last thing I would like from all of you, or you may even like more than me. <laughs> is uh, let's plug what you got going on. So obviously, Chris, you have a, a new spot opening. I'd like to hear the address and a general ballpark date. Uh, in terms of, you know, maybe, maybe a tour, uh, maybe a new brew, maybe a behind the beer series. I don't know where you get that idea from. But uh, <laughs> um, no, I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear all of what you guys have going on and then we can be on our merry way. And, and thanks a lot for coming, guys. So. Um, let's loop it back down here uh, to Paul, and um, if he forgets anything, let him know. Uh, but yeah, so what's 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 Stockhouse going on? Where can they find it? And uh, all right, I'll give you three quick things. One, uh, I think we're all ready for summer to get here, right? That's cool. So we're uh, very excited. We're going to have the Container Up Boys are going to have their shipping crate that we turn into an outside bar. So we're going to have like a ten seat bar plus a couple TVs. A little audience, a little shade kind of thing. So we're really, really thrilled about that opportunity. When? Uh, so it's going to be mid-May is when it's going to come in. Grand opening, Memorial Day weekend. We're looking at. So is that going to be a permanent fixture? Or? Permanent for the summer. Permanent for the summer. So, so, so you're going to have an open shipping container right, right. with TVs right down North Avenue. Right, right. That's right, amazing. Right in our backyard. Not know that. So then essentially Great. we can have one theme this summer. They'll take it out at the end of the season, and we get a new theme for next year. They just keep okay. on doing that year after year. Okay. You want me to stop right there? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm flummoxed. I'm blown away. You're putting it. Beer fast, this. Nano, beer fast. Yeah, you're beer fast. <laughs> Thanks, so, uh, Nano. Yeah. Nano. April, Nano. April 20th, we got uh, five other breweries coming in that are Nano breweries. Okay. Uh, so, Net, the Wisconsin Nano Fest from uh, uh, noon until 10 o'clock. And that's looking to be an annual event that we're looking to run with these other breweries. Okay. If you go on our Facebook event page, you'll see all the details about that. And then also with the brewer season. I think we're all excited about, too about the brewers. So we're going to be doing different specials all summer long. Uh, the first thing to kick off things, we're going to do a $4 uh, beer for every game. So we're going to pick a beer every week, and basically from first pitch to the last out, you get $4 on that craft beer. Okay, so for some of us, see you Thursday. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we're not going to be on this Thursday, but oh. basically, 
you know, I'll, I'll be being in Sunday games, right? Well, stay tuned. And let me throw a fourth thing real quick, too. I'm a signer also runs something called Fun Dirt Tours in Milwaukee, and we're going to be doing a lot of pup crawl, scavenger hunt kind of things along North Avenue to incorporate the other businesses, the other uh, class pups along the strip. Great, thanks. And for you, good man. Well, Grace, we are, uh, we, we do have another Behind the Beer series coming up. That's the series we do to do very much what we're doing here, is to promote the culture of the community of what gets us all excited about being beer professionals. So, uh, kind of salon-style discussion, uh, first Thursday of the month. Something that gets brewers and uh, brewery reps and brewery owners on their soapbox and gets them excited, as well as the consumers. So. The next one is uh, April 4th, and that'll be with Raised Grain and um, Good City. We're going to actually share the floor and talk about the biggest problem that breweries have is the success. Problem of success and growth and how to manage it. So um, something that you guys are all dealing with currently or about to deal with very soon. Um, beyond that, we actually have our continued uh, uh, Wednesday night take, tap takeovers, and then we're always kind of exploring new adventures and uh, kind of keep an eye out on our website, raisewine.com. Okay, awesome. Love it. And uh, take it away, you guys. <gasps> Simon from Venture, 5519 West North Avenue, right on the cusp of Tosa. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we got nothing going on. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> no, um, we constantly have, have events and things happening. Uh, tonight, like I said, we have a, a traditional Irish music session. Tomorrow, uh, we have a board game night. Uh, so bring your Dungeons and Dragons and let's get at it. Uh, throughout throughout the, the months, uh, we have a lot of different things. We have a home brewer night uh, the first Tuesday of every month. Uh, we have a... Uh, there's a jazz trio that's in the neighborhood that, that comes and plays the second Sunday of every month. Uh, for anyone who knits, we have uh, knitting uh, every Monday, in the morning and in the evening. And uh, so, so talking, talking about women in breweries, uh, last Monday night, I think we had about 35 knitters, uh, ranging from 25 to 70, I think, I think I think she just had her uh, 73rd birthday. Um, so we have we have knitters all over the place on Monday night. So if you're into uh, the fiber arts, come and, come and get into it. Yeah, I can crochet myself, but I don't have time yet. Uh, so we, we constantly have stuff going on. Uh, once a month we have waffles at our place. Uh, we have food trucks every now and again. Uh, follow our Facebook page, follow our Instagram. That's gonna be the best way to find out about what's going on. Uh, we have a collab that we're doing with Bitter Cube, yep. uh, which is a cocktail bar that just, a uh, oh, cocktail bar slash bitters producer. Yep. Cool spot. Uh, 49th and Lisbon. Yeah, so a little rough, but once you get inside it, it's yeah. cool. If you don't Very go down cool. that way, just Uber, it's a lot easier than parking, because getting across that uh, intersection yeah. is, is terror. Uh, but but the place is is gorgeous. It's awesome. Some of the best cocktails you'll have in your life. We're doing a collaboration with them uh, for April, which they have a section of their menu dedicated to prints. So we're making a purple beer with them uh, based on one of their cocktails. So it should be should be a lot of fun. It's gonna be like 1999. Oh, you better believe it. Cool. Yeah, right when he moved to Tosa. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Full circle. Full awesome. Simon, thanks so yeah. much. Thank you. And uh, Chris. I mean, the biggest news of all has got to be when you're opening, so, what do you think? 2019. Wow! Yeah, so that's, that's what we have going on. Um, no, I, we're looking at uh, potentially soft launch early May. Okay, So, yeah, yeah we're still, still getting things all, all ready to go in there. Um, I don't have a, a date for that yet. Just um, have the 9th. And, and, what? Just had an anniversary, and we just had an anniversary, so we have our three-year anniversary before we. Um, yeah, so early May we're 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 hoping to open. Um, you know, up at uh, Cedarburg, you know, we've got a uh, golf outing that we're going to be doing um, with Healing Patriots, uh, raising money for them. That's coming up in June, and then we're doing a, a, a collaboration with them as well. Um, we're calling it Victor Bravo, um, so that's going to raise money for that organization as well. Uh, we're. Releasing that in uh, Cedarburg on March, uh, March, May eight, uh, May sixteenth, 
and we're possibly, if we can, releasing it here May 18th. Okay. Okay. Question mark. We will. Okay. Question mark. Yeah. It'll just. It'll just be a picnic table out front. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so our, our location is uh, 6933. Uh, that's a new address. Yeah. Um, and right there at the corner, our signs went up, so I'm looking forward to seeing what those look like all lit up. That's neat. That's, that's exciting. Um, so we don't uh, we don't have any plans for any events yet. We just need to get open. The story has not yeah. been written yet. <laughs> that's, that's right. You heard it here. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us and some of the ladies that joined us earlier as well. And then all of you in the audience for joining us here at Tosa Talks tonight at Burge. Really appreciate you coming through. This concludes our evening. Uh, let's give our panelists uh, a round of applause. Thanks for listening to Tosa Talks, recorded live at Birch Milwaukee on March 26, 2019. Stay tuned for future podcasts by following us online, social media, and if you like what you hear, let's talk.